So I think what I've done with points is take this really granular, boring subject and kind of make it fun. And look what I can do. And, you know, being six foot seven, whenever I test out airline seats and hotels, I'm like, if I can be comfortable in this seat, you can too. And I, I added my own personality into it, whereas a lot of other bloggers were kind of clinical and just taking pictures of the plane seat and the plane, whereas I kind of injected a little, you know, fabulosity into it. Hey, everybody. Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. I'm grinning because this episode is so fun and I just finished it. And so you're going to love it. We're in the middle of a series called For the Love of Favorite Pastimes. It has been so cool. I've loved this series. I'm almost done recording all of it. I've been so incredibly inspired by these folks. Let's talk about this as I get ready to introduce today's guest. It's been weird travel. (laughs) <laughs> the last couple of years, to say the least. It feels like this summer, it feels like the world's coming back to life, right? So a lot of the restrictions are lifting and some sense maybe of normalcy seems to be returning and people feel ready. I know I, during the pandemic, just sat at this house day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month, just thinking, when, when, when do we get to get back out there? And then we'd book and it would get canceled, right? Or we'd book and there'd be an, it was just, it's been kind of isolating and sad and hard for a million reasons, that being one of them. So I I don't know how you did in the pandemic. Maybe because we were just so grounded, maybe some of you saved a few extra dollars and you're ready to put it toward an adventure. Maybe we're just kind of hungry to get back out there. And so we're beginning to scour killer travel deals and dream again right? About seeing somewhere new and going somewhere beautiful and having exposure to maybe a whole new place. So these days it's pretty shocking actually how many options there are now when it comes to travel, like not just figuring out where to go, but how to get there, when to go, where to stay, what to do, how to get there on the leanest of budgets, which credit card points to use, which hotel loyalty program you should join. And that is why this feels so exciting. Today's guest, because you guys, if you aren't familiar with him, just you wait. If you have any bone in your body that loves hunting for a good deal to get an incredible experience, you're going to be hooked on him and his entire brand. I guarantee it. And a ton of you already know him, of course, because today's guest is Brian Kelly. And he is the founder and the CEO of The Points Guy. You know him, you love him. The world's leading voice when it comes to loyalty programs, credit cards, and travel. Brian launched The Points Guy in 2010 as just kind of this weird little side thing when he was working on Wall Street. And he realized he was good at it. He was good at maximizing travel expenses while minimizing spending, or rather, to be more fair, using his ordinary spending to build points in which you get to use to travel for free, right? So, of course, since then, Brian has grown the points guy into like an empire, really, like a powerhouse travel and lifestyle media empire. He's got a huge team. I think you said to 125 staff of editors and freelancers, and they span the globe. And he is the hookup for traveling on a budget, for traveling with points and programs and deals. He's so smart. 
I overwrought this interview because I was just so excited to talk to him and travel feels so exciting to be coming back. And his brain is so full of wisdom and good ideas and good resources and tools and hookups. Like I think I could have gone on for a hundred hours. He's got every receipt. Okay. If, if you haven't already, just check out the Point Sky website and any of his socials and you will see what I mean. If you're planning to take a trip in the next few months, or you'd like to think about it, or you just maybe want to plan for one, or you wonder, can I take a trip on a really limited budget? You can. Good news, you can. This is your episode. This is your guest. So allow me to invite you. Just go ahead, pour that celebratory margarita as you listen. Set the mood for the trip that you are absolutely going to want to take by the end of this episode. Okay, with that, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with the points guy himself, Brian Kelly. Okay, Brian. Hi, welcome to the For the Love podcast. I'm so happy to meet you. I likewise. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to hear your answers to my questions that I just kind of want to fast forward so I can already have them all but, in my but brain. I need to do a gut check. Like how much of a points girl are you? Like do you have multiple credit cards? Are you obsessed with an airline? Uh, this is good. These are good questions you're asking. Yes. So I have my one credit card and I just pilot. It's Chase Sapphire. Okay. That's a good one. Good. Okay. We're off to a good start. <laughs> like I didn't get the cash back card or like the whatever. And I stockpile them like I am hoarding. And so I'm going to need your encouragement to use my points. Number one, yes. I'm a point hoarder and, and I'm an airline point hoarder too. Fortunately for me, I travel for my work. And so I primarily have American Airlines points because that's just my airline that yeah. leaves this from this city. Yeah. Anyway, I'm prepared to be challenged on my points usage and to be like schooled. And look, I got a pen. I am ready to take notes. <laughs> well, I think the first note, and for anyone listening, like, look, points hoarders, it's like an epidemic in itself. And especially, it you is? know, the pandemic, a lot of people didn't travel, but there is some psychological thing about seeing your points balances grow and grow and grow. But I want to you know, smack you on the wrist for that because the issue is over time, the airlines now charge more and more and more. So this currency that you have, I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to save it for a rainy day, but that's a bad strategy because you're going to get less value in a year or five years down the road. So I'm not saying go out and just squander the points on gift cards or anything like that, but start using them because they do lose value over time. I have a million questions. Let's just talk about that for a second because you're like reading me my rights. And so let's say I have a few hundred thousand points and I don't spend them. In your opinion, if I was going to say, I'm going to take a trip, I'm going to pick a thing to spend my points on. What do you think it is? Or at least for like right maybe now this minute. So first of all, and what people don't realize too, when you redeem your miles, when you transfer them to an airline, you know, your chase points, you can transfer you know, to Singapore Airlines and fly the world's longest flight to Asia now that Asia's opening up. It's a $10,000 flight that you can get for like 100,000 miles each way. So when you actually do the math, you're getting huge value. And I'll say, you know, would you rather have, you know, $2,000 in, in gift cards or a $10,000 flight, right, to fly really? So I'm always a fan of the aspirational, take the internet, you know, upgrade yourself to business class, and, and splurge that way. So yeah, transferring. So those chase points, transferring them to like Hyatt to stay at like a fancy hotel or United, Singapore, 
or my favorite Emirates. Like I've flown, flown Emirates a lot and I splurge, especially on overseas trips for sure. That's where I'm, I'm always going to be up in business or first. And I don't want the flight to end. No, it's, it's so true. Once uh-huh. you start flying these super nice carriers, it's crazy. You're like, no, yeah. go keep going. You know? Totally. Totally. I got another, I'm like, watching my movie. I'm like in my cozy blanket. Like, no, it will keep, ruin I know. you though. Cause once you start flying like Emirates and first class on really good carriers and you fly the American carriers, like, wait a minute, why can't it be like that? You know, like on Emirates. <laughs> it's where- so true. <laughs> okay. I love that you're saying that sometimes some things are allowed to just be over the top and obnoxious. And that's one of them. We just get, and especially to when you use that. your points. So it's not like you're dropping 20 grand on a ticket. It's a flex when you can be like, no, I was just smart about my spending. I put my bills on my card, paid it off in full. Cause that's another tip for everyone. The credit card game is amazing, but you cannot carry a balance because if you're carrying a balance and paying 20% interest, you're negating the value of all those miles and points. So it's very critical that, you know, if, before you go out and get a credit card, do not get a new credit card. If you're going to be tempted to spend outside of your means and get yourself in debt, because that is how you lose at this game, but it can be won. That's so true. I, I link all my bills to my credit card. It's an auto payment and I use it for almost virtually everything. And I pay it off. I, I understand that this is obnoxious. I do. I pay it off once a week. Yeah, no, you're, that's actually really smart. So people don't realize, so the, the your FICO score, especially if you're, it's just, let's put aside credit cards right now, but if you want to improve your credit score, FICO, 50% of your score roughly is your debt to credit ratio. Meaning And this is why in the points world, when I have 25 credit cards and a near perfect credit score, and I don't recommend this to everyone. I mean, I'm the points guy. I have to kind of have all these credit cards, but as long as you pay your bills off in full and even pay them early, because what happens is the credit agencies will report your balances sometimes mid month. So even if you're paying on your due date, it still will report as a balance, which could temporarily dip your score. So especially in the lead up to applying for a mortgage or alone, you want to pay your bills off like weekly. And just so that you're, whenever they report that balance, it's as close to zero as possible. And then just paying your bills on time. So between paying them off and on time, that's the biggest part of the battle of, of getting a good credit score. And it's so easy. I mean, all my bills are automated, so they're never going to be late. And when I pay my balance, it takes me right around 35 seconds to do it online. So, okay. I can't believe you have 25 credit cards. I'm shook. I do understand <laughs> your deal. I understand that this is your work, but okay, let's back up. Cause I want to get to those 20. Let's just back up. Cause I got too excited about having you <laughs> like in front of right me. I just got too excited. <laughs> You're just in my favorite genre called travel. Okay. So I guess it's been about a decade, right? You have built a travel media empire. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. You have a huge staff of writers that are like so talented and travelers all like all over the world. So I'm going to say a ton of my audience already knows you, follows you, learns from you. For those who are new to you, can you take us back to the beginning, how it was that you became the points guy? And like, when did this obsession start for you? How did it initially take off? Like, what were the early steps of it? Yeah. So the, it actually started in the nineties. So I was, you know, I'm 39 years old now. So in, in 1990, I got my first IBM computer and I remember teaching myself MS DOS, right. <laughs> Writing commands on an operating system. You know, I was that nerd in the early nineties. I, I got prodigy and 
you know, put it in, you know, you had to install the modem, plug it into a phone line. And so I was just always a computer whiz. And in 1995, my dad, who's like my idol, I love him. He got a job working for a startup. So he was working from home and had to book all of his own travel. And, and Travelocity had just started. And my first job was booking my dad's travel for him. He would pay me $10 per reservation. He thought it would take like an hour to book each. It took me like 10 seconds. So I'm like, oh, wow, 10 bucks in 10 seconds. That's a pretty good hourly rate. So, and then one day it was like 1996. And he said, Brian, if you can figure out how to use all these airline miles, I don't know how to use them. Like, he's like, I'll let you plan our family trip. And so I'm one of four kids, you know, we grew up middle-class Philly suburbs. You know, most people went to the Jersey shore. Well, here I am. I had just read The Firm by John Grisham and they went to the <laughs> Cayman Islands. And I remember being like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> so I picked up the phone and called US Airways and got, you know, Debbie on the phone and pretended to be my dad. Long story short, I booked our whole family of six to the Cayman Islands for free. And my dad was like, wait, where are we going? Like he, he, he thought I said Grand Canyon originally instead of Grand Cayman. <laughs> and that was like my, my dad and I in the 90s. He'd travel. He'd miss basketball games. You know, work travel's really tough. But the one redeeming, we got a week of amazing vacations. All six of us paid for every year just from loyalty. So fast forward, it's 07. I graduate from college. I get a job at Morgan Stanley. And I'm in tech recruiting, so the college recruiting. So my job is to basically go all over the U.S. and Canada and convince computer scientists to not join Google and Yahoo and Facebook, which were blowing up back then. Everyone and it was to a tough day, sell people, at the time. So, but they gave me a corporate card, and they basically were like, Brian, you know, to get this top talent, you've got to do take them out to dinner. I mean, I used to buy ten Nintendo Wiis, and I would fly up to MIT and have them just doing these huge giveaways to get people oh interested in this boring bank. <laughs> so one day I called up my, I called up Amex and said, Hey, can I earn points on this corporate card? You know, Morgan Stanley paid it directly. I assume not like most people I worked with. And the woman was like, yeah, but you have to pay the $95 annual fee. And you know, most people don't want to do that. But meanwhile, I'm like, I'm spending 50, $60,000 a month. I'm like, yeah, I'll pay the $95. So it actually became funny because doing expenses back in 07 and 08, you actually used to have to take paper receipts, like tape them, fax them in. Everyone hated doing expenses, but me, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. For each expense, you know, $20,000 career fair at Cornell, that's a free flight. Yeah, I'm going to print my receipt. I'll take 10 <laughs> minutes of my time. I got plenty of time. And then, of course, the financial crisis hit. And my luckily, I never got laid off, but my team of eight recruiters at one point was just me. So I'm on the road 60% of the time. So I'm raking in points. You know, all the hotels had huge promotions because it was no business travel was off a cliff. But at the same time, I was getting promoted and they would always say, oh, your, your raise this year is not getting laid off. Come back again next year. But on the flip side, I had these huge points balances. So I got real deep into points. I, I joke, I would take, you know, Emirates first class from JFK, but I would take the subway. And I literally had $150 in my checking account but I was flying $20,000 flights on weekends, you know? So That's I was like, right. you were points rich. rich. Cash poor. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. So basically in 2010, I'm in my 20s living in New York, essentially paycheck to paycheck because on an HR salary during the financial crisis, like, and my ex at the time was like, you know, you're brilliant with points. And, and at, at work, people knew me kind of as the points guy. They would come up to my cubicle and it was like, I had office hours. I'm not, you know, I'd plan this executive's trip to Paris and, it just shocked me that so many really smart people, you know, I'm working with PhDs in computer science and they had no clue how to use points. 
So I always knew that there was this like issue that everyone has these points, but no one knows how to use them. So when I, in 2010, I started the points guy, it wasn't even a blog, but it was like a travel agency where you could pay me 50 bucks per ticket. And I would tell you how to use points. So people were like, Oh, this is great. I don't have the time to learn points. I would come home from Morgan Stanley and basically set up my little travel agency. It started off, you know, a couple, I was annoying friends and on Facebook, Hey, I'm here now to help book flights. So that just, that was the side hustle. And then in June of 2010, a friend was like, Brian, he was a WordPress developer. I didn't know okay. what that was. WordPress. He was in, Whoa. Yeah. In 2010, he, and he was like, come to my house. I'm going to set you up with the blog. And he's like, trust me. This, and this is 2010 when blogging was starting to be really cool. Like this is when the fashion bloggers started to sit in the front row. And he's like, you know, you could really dominate in the travel space. But for me, it was never about making money. It was always about just bringing in new clients, organically searching for my little side booking business. And my, I remember my dad saying, Brian, what's your end game here? Because you can't clone yourself, right? You can't make like a call center in India with like points experts with all this knowledge you have in your head. So I started blogging June of 2010 and I loved it. I love telling stories and, and it started to like, kind of, I would say by that fall people, you know, I remember I went to my first cocktail party where someone was like, you're the points guy, you know? And, and my key demo was like New York city consultants, bankers, lawyers, like, and that's who I spoke to because there was a lot of like points deals, but it was too wonky. So I think what I've done with points is take this really granular, boring subject and kind of make it fun and look what I can do. And, you know, being six foot seven, whenever I test out airline seats and hotels, I'm like, if I can be comfortable in this seat, you can too. And I, I added my own personality into it. Whereas a lot of other bloggers were kind of clinical and just taking pictures of the plane seat and the plane, whereas I kind of injected a little you know, fabulosity into it. Course. And then it, it really was just kind of like an overnight success The the New York times in the spring of 2011 wrote a story about the points guy, the number one site you need to see, oh, you know, if well, you're a traveler there you are. and then at the same time, the credit card companies came knocking on my door through affiliate marketing companies. And at first I was like, this sounds like spam. Like I, I don't want to just turn my site into a money machine or whatever. But then when my friend was like, yeah, Brian, it's like $300 per credit card. If someone gets approved, you get paid. And meanwhile, I had like 50,000 monthly visitors. And I'm like, I only need to convert like 10 of them to change my life, you know? Yes. And, you know, I, I joked that I was kind of blogging on a gold mine because my audience was super high spending, you know, good credit score. So it was natural. So all of a sudden they started to convert. And, uh, you know, it was April of 2011. So not even a year, I quit my job at Morgan. Of Stanford course you did. And then, Morgan uh, Stanley. and then just, you know, then I realized the more I write, the more traffic, the more money. So I started hiring people. Yeah, it was a whirlwind. And, and then in May of 2012, I actually sold the points guide to a company called Bankrate, which was a publicly traded company. So it was just like June, 2010, I start blogging. I leave less than a year later. And then I sell it to a tri publicly traded company less than two years after my first, I mean, it was just such a whirlwind. That's just bananas. And then, and now I'm still here. And now my role for a long time, I was CEO in front of the camera, trying to do strategy. I was so burnt out and the pandemic hit. And for the first time in my life, I was like grounded, kind of catch my breath. And I was like, what do I really want? And so like now like managing people is not my forte. And I think I realized like I have a vision and I'm passionate about this. So I have got the best job in the world now. I have one employee, my assistant, who's amazing, but we've got 125 people at the points guy. Now I can help strategically, but I'm not in the day-to-day -day management. And my job is to go spread our gospel on podcasts and TV. And I'm working on doing a TV show now about points. You are? Setup. 
Like, tell us, what do you mean a TV show? What does that mean? So we're teaming up with the top production company and we're basically, I want to bring points to the masses. Like today it's still pretty hard. Like, you know, we have our app, which came out last year, which will track all your points in one spot. So we're trying to build technology to, to get people to that point where they're actually being able to redeem the points to take the trip. Cause there is a big gulf. It takes a while to speak the language. So I want to do a TV show where we help everyday Americans who never thought they could, you know, get points or travel, you know, people who have never left their state all of a sudden we're sending them on incredible trips to Bali to experience, you know, to see that, that the love of travel and that, and that you don't need to be a millionaire to do it. Everyday oh, people. I love that idea. Like kind of watch them build their own sort of point like system and then use it. All right. With all this talk about travel with Brian, are we all just dreaming about our next trip? Um, I am. But who among us likes to pack? It isn't me. That's why I love having items that do double or even triple work because it's less to pack and less to think about. And that is why Rothy's are the perfect shoes for travel or really for anything. One pair of Rothy shoes literally puts in extra mileage by working with virtually any and every outfit while being ridiculously comfortable. My first pair of Rothy's was actually their slip on sneakers. And yes, they look as adorable with a dress as they do with cutoff shorts too. So whether you're traveling or running errands or chasing after littles or working or whatever, Rothy's are your shoes that feel like slippers. What I also love is that Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. All their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. They've repurposed around 125 million water bottles so far, which I love. Your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash for the love. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash for the love for $20 off your first order. All right, moms and dads, you made it through May. But now that we're in June, you may already be managing the kids at home who are, you know, bored. Here's the thing. You can use some of this extra real estate your kids have in their own days for some learning, but make it fun. This is where KiwiCo comes in hot. If you're not familiar with them, they deliver monthly crates with science and art projects for kids of all ages. My nephews love them. And KiwiCo includes everything you need to complete each project so you can bring them wherever summer takes you. They're good for vacays, camping trips, staycays, or like just a Tuesday. Each crate is a seriously fun exploration of science, technology, engineering, math, or art through hands-on activities like creating giant bubbles and experimenting with ice cream. Parents, you might just geek out over some of this stuff too, because KiwiCo doesn't mess around. These are real deal projects with high quality materials and projects that actually function and work. Also, there's no commitment. So you can pause or cancel anytime. So pack summer full of memorable discoveries with KiwiCo. You can get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with the code for the love at kiwico.com. So that's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com, promo code for the love. Okay, let's let's talk about this. 
this is a clunky question. It's probably has a hard answer, but let's just say somebody's listening. They're just brand new. This is a whole new idea to them. Like I could use my own normal spending as a travel engine, but I don't know anything about nothing. Uh, credit card points or lounge passes. I don't know hotel loyalty. Program. I'm just like zero. And obviously you've put a ton of resources out into the world as a launching point. But let's just say for the sake of the conversation, you were going to sit down with somebody and say, here's, if I'm going to tell you the top two or three things on the, this is where you start. What do you generally recommend? So for, first of all, starting this game, it, it can be confusing, but it's so rewarding. So if you're overwhelmed, that's okay. It's a fine feeling. But the, the coolest thing about points, that you can get them for free, essentially. In the U.S., it's so lucrative. No other country, you can get points for paying your rent or you know, paying, you know, doing your online shopping. And so basically what you want to do, the foundation of any good point strategy is maximizing your spending. So frequent flyer programs, they're actually now frequent buyer programs where more points are created from credit card spend than they are from actually flying. And that's great because you can get credit cards or you know, start with one or two cards, look at what you spend your money on. And the goal is to get more than one point per dollar. So for example, you know, in, ter- in terms of starter credit cards, the Amex Gold, it's four points per dollar on dining and groceries. So immediately look at how much you're spending in groceries and you times that by four, plus there's a 60,000 point signup bonus for that card. All of a sudden you've got a free trip to Europe, you know, like it's, you know, so you get the signup bonus for getting a new credit card, never upgrade a card. So if you call Amex and you want to upgrade your green to gold, they'll gladly do it, but they're not going to give you that juicy 60,000 point bonus, which is worth a thousand bucks. So what usually when getting credit card, you want to apply new and you want to make sure you're getting the best offer. And sometimes, you know, open up your mail. Sometimes you'll get targeted offers that are really good. And the good thing about this is any topic that you could imagine has already been written about, whether by the points guy and my team of really smart writers, there's hundreds of other blogs out there. So if you want to start maximizing, so you have American Airlines miles, what you can do today is just how do I maximize American Airlines miles? And there'll be points guy posts, there'll be a bunch of others. So just start reading about the points that you have and then start looking into what do I spend my money on every month? What are those key categories? And then you align the credit cards with each of those categories. And I'll say, even if you don't want to travel, you should be getting cash back. Because in America, specifically, the cost of credit cards are built into everything. Yeah, there might be some gas stations that'll give you a discount for cash or whatever. But by and large, 99% of purchases, the cost is built into a credit card. So I just want to put it out there for people. If you're paying with cash or debit card, you're paying for my points. You basically are paying that the cost is built in to get points, but you're foregoing that, essentially funding it for everyone else. So think about that. Like when you pay cash, you're losing money because you're not getting the rewards that are built into the cost of goods. And yeah, you get the right credit cards. You pay your bills off in full every month. You earn the valuable points. Your credit score will go up, which also gives you a lot of perks, you know, in terms of better rates, you know, so playing this credit card game and winning at it, you're not just getting free trips or cash back, but you're actually setting yourself up for, for a long-term financial success by having a solid credit score. If you have no credit cards, no credit history, you're going to have to put down huge deposits when you rent an apartment. That's why I tell kids in college, you know, start, get a, get a starter credit card, be very responsible about it, pay it off in full, because by the time you graduate, your score 
can be, you know, above 800, right? You're going to qualify for the better auto loan. You're going to be able to get apartments you didn't think you could. So I think that's a big misstep in so much of our education in the U.S. where, you know, we focus on hardcore, you know, algebra, but we're not teaching people about credit scores. And the credit score is, a, is an asset. You need to view your credit score as an asset. And at the points guide, we've got, if you click our guides, we've got a beginner's guide that'll take you through every single step. So bottom line, sign up for every airline program. Points are free by and large. Get the right credit card. And then you can even take, you know, there's all sorts of offers that come out. So at the points guide, we've got a daily newsletter. I write a weekly newsletter that talks about high level travel trends and tips for when you travel internationally. And so there's a lot of information out there. It can be overwhelming, but start small and start building out from there. But really the foundation is getting the right credit card that's super rewarding. And as you have, you know, even if you have one credit card, what I would recommend is the transferable points card. So the Chase Sapphire, you accrue points into ultimate rewards. And from there, you can transfer to a number of different partners. A lot of people will say, well, I live in Dallas. I fly American. I just want to do American. Or, you know, I live in Atlanta and I just love Delta Airlines. Great. You can be loyal to an airline, but you don't need to put all of your credit card spend. Because what happens is, you know, when you have all your miles around American, but then all of a sudden you want to go to Hawaii and hotel rates are crazy. Using your American miles for hotels is awful value. You know, if you had Chase points, you could transfer and stay at the Park Hyatt for free. So basically, you want to have, you know, Amex, Chase, and Capital One are the kind of major transferable points currencies. Build up your points there so that you can redeem on tons of airlines and hotels versus just putting all your miles in one basket with one Mm -hmm. airline. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, my wheels are turning. It's probably too disparate to be able to find an average, but. If somebody was just listening and they thought, okay, more or less, just how many points would I have to bank to get a pretty decent free trip? And by free trip, I mean, let's just say your flights and your hotels. Yeah. Somewhere I mean, cool. Really, yes. I mean, if look, if you want to go to the Caribbean, Central America, you know, Mexico, you're probably, I mean, it depends if you're flying coach and the thing Delta has fair sales where it can be 15,000 miles one way to go to Costa Rica you know, and they have flash sales. And what I'll mention too, is when you use your points. So one of the coolest changes that happened over the pandemic is that almost every airline now, they will let you book using points and then you can get all your points back if you want to cancel. Now that's much different than the vouchers. So, you know, people will say, well, they allow free changes now on paid tickets. What happens with paid tickets is you and your family spend 2000 on airfare. You can't go. Someone gets COVID. You're going to get a crappy voucher that has an expiration date, you might not be able to use it for someone else. You might not be able to use it for international. It has all these verses. When you use your points, you get them all back. It's like a fully refundable ticket. So using points not only saves you a ton of cash from having to outlay, but also gives you that extra flexibility that I don't think people realize enough. People are like, wait, that sounds too good to be true. So a lot of times I'll just, I, you know, once you have a lot of points and you're like, okay, you'll book a backup reservation. So say you really need to get to LA, your flight's canceled these days. You can use your points to just book on the next airline because airlines won't book you on other airlines when things go wrong. And these days we've seen every weekend there's thousands of flight cancellations. You need to be your own advocate. So when a flight's canceled, don't wait in that two-hour line to talk to that one exhausted rep. Right By the time you get to the front of that line, all the seats are gone to where you're going. Get on your phone, use your points, book your flight. And using Travel credit cards like Sapphire, people don't realize there's, so points are just one part of it. Perks are another thing. So many credit cards have, you know, if you lose, if the airline loses your luggage, 
most travel credit cards will reimburse you up to $1,000. And same thing with flight cancellations. You know, you're going to be upset, but in, the, in America, we do not have a passenger bill of rights. Meaning if American Airlines cancels your flight at midnight and you've got to get a hotel room for you know, your whole family, they're not paying for it. They, by law, the only thing they owe you is a refund. So there's a lot of travel credit cards with trip interruption or cancellation coverage. So your credit card is going to be the one that pays for that rental car that you drive to get home, that pays for the hotels and meals and all of those costs. So I think if you're going to be a savvy traveler these days, points are one side, but look into the perks. Once you start realizing, wait a minute, like, so not only is it points and travel and flexibility, like the way I look at it is like credit card companies have your back in this crazy travel world. So if you use the right cards and know the insurance and things like that, that's how you come out ahead. Okay. This is so good. Let me ask you this, because you're super in the know here. What do you think in your opinion, what are a couple of like travel destinations that are the world's best kept secrets? Maybe like one or two here in the United States and maybe one or two like abroad where people just, if they knew, they knew, but they don't know. Well, one place, I was just in St. Bart's for the first time. And let me just say, it's super expensive, but it is. And everyone I went, when I went there said, please points guy, don't tell everyone about this place. Cause it's like, it's like you're in Europe in the Caribbean. There's no other Island. Like it. stunningly beautiful, not crowded whatsoever. Amazing restaurants, super expensive. But you know, if you use point, you can use points to get there. There's not many points hotels, but that's, that's a gem. It's not necessarily hidden, but it's a spectacular close destination where you can go to the Caribbean and really feel like you're in Europe, which I think is pretty interesting. I also, I really love Guatemala. Everyone's going to Mexico these days. Guatemala, the city of Antigua, it's 45 minutes outside of Guatemala City. There's certain places you go that are just spiritual, you know, that have that energy. And it's Guatemala, the food, it's safe. I've been to Guatemala multiple times. And everyone I take is like, this is amazing. Why doesn't everyone go here? But I think, you know, in the US, we hear Guatemala and there's negative stories associated with it. But that's one of the true places you go and you're like, wait a minute, this is this is incredible. I also, you know, internationally, like my favorite place is South Africa. It's far for sure, but it is just magical. You know, in Cape Town, in the wine country, right outside of Cape Town, you go to beaches and there's penguins in the water. I mean, it's just, and now they're United flies nonstop uh, from the US. So I love South Africa. Everyone I've recommended to go there. You know, it's, it takes, it's a 12 or 13 hour flight, but once you get there, it's just, it's truly just magic. Mm, those are good suggestions. What about in the U.S.? Ooh, well, okay. So here's a little secret. So I live on a farm. So I live in New York City and in Pennsylvania. My, my home base is Pennsylvania. It's a little town called New Hope, Pennsylvania. It's on the Delaware River. It is this stunning, artsy little river town that's only an hour and a half from New York City. And a lot of people from New York now are discovering like the beauty of like this whole river country that's you know just outside of New York. It's an hour north of Philadelphia. Super, super cool place. Highly recommend people to visit. Do you like it in the spring or do you like it in the fall? I like it like... all. See, fall is spectacular. I mean, like the fall, the foliage is just out of this world. There's apple picking. Oh yeah, it's charming. And what other places in the U.S. do I like? I mean, I really like, I mean, it's not off the beaten path, but Puerto Rico is amazing, but they're tiny little islands, Culebra and Vieques right off of Puerto Rico that are just like absolutely spectacular. So Okay. My problem when I talk to a travel person is that every single thing you say, I immediately want to go to. 
<laughs> like I just went, I just thought, yeah, I'm going to go to Guatemala next. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like South of South Africa, that's where I'm going next. Well, I think it's actually good for our mental health to get that. Like, and I told people during the pandemic, like I know people are depressed, not being able to travel, but even just the fact of like thinking and planning a trip or starting to, even if you're not going to South Africa this year, but you start like looking at cool Instagram. You're so right. The planning for a trip, the getting ready for a trip, the anticipation of a trip, it is so good for my brain. My girlfriends and I, my three best friends, we travel together all the time, all around everywhere. And our deal is we have to at least always have a trip on deck. Now we just need to be talking about it. We need to be like talking about what shoes we're going to wear and what is, what's where hotel are we in? And what do we know about the food? And that is almost as much fun as the trip. What has been your, your best girls trip where you left that trip? and like, we're like, oh my God, that was a doozy. That was it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Probably. I know this isn't that interesting because it's so known. It's such a known quantity that in my life, I have never seen anything like Santorini. I just, oh, yeah. I couldn't take it in. I just yeah. could not take it in. There's I felt sunsets like that are just, just like I just couldn't handle it. Like the white buildings and the blue and the all just built into the hillside. It's just insane. So it felt like beautiful. I felt like I was having an insane experience. Yeah. <laughs> and I love everything Italy. I love it all. I I love Barcelona. I can't pick. See what I'm saying? Have you done We're Croatia? just about to go. We went to Croatia. Croatia. That amazing. was my favorite food yeah. of our like trip. Who? No one's talking about Croatia. It's incredible. Okay. Let me ask you this. Let's talk. I don't know if this is true or not, because we're still a little gun shy. It seems like cruises are coming back or maybe I'm just seeing them more. Maybe I'm just like, we're talking right now, the friend pod and us about doing one up the river in Europe. I just don't, we're just trying to figure out like, is this what you're seeing too? Is the cruise industry ready for us again? Is this safe? Does this make sense? Cruising is back for sure. There have been some false starts and some stumbles. You know, the issue with cruising in this past six months or so is that some, you know, Caribbean islands would block ships from coming to port, you know, out COVID outbreaks. But as we're like learning to live with COVID, like I think countries are much more flexible now. Like they're not going to block a ship if one crew member gets an asymptomatic sniffle, right? Like, and there's a bunch of new cruise lines, you know, Virgin Cruises now is kind of like the fun ship, no kids. There's a bunch of new, really nice ships coming out. So, and the river crew, I've never done a river cruise, but everyone says they're fabulous. You know, like you can get off the boat, you know, you go biking and around a cool European city, then you're back on the boat. So it's like for people who don't want to just be stuck on a huge ship, you know, that river cruising, you get to see these tiny little towns that you probably wouldn't otherwise. But yeah, I, I think cruising is definitely back. I really want to do an Antarctica cruise. That's yes. That's, oh my god! I hear they're unbelievable. I love whales and all wildlife and you can go kayaking in Antarctica with whales. And to me, that's just like unbelievable. We did a Alaskan cruise. So we went to the other side of the planet. I hear those are amazing. Yeah. Again, like I did not know what to expect. We went in June. I don't know anything about Alaska. I'm from Texas and it's so lush and green and like tropical, even looking in the summer in the, and then just being with it, it was a, surprisingly incredible plus fun a fun thing about taking a alaskan cruise and you're like we were in our 30s at the time is you're the babies you're the babies on the boat 
And everybody's like, look at the little tiny darlings. <laughs> and we're like, we have mortgages. But I think the idea of being in a really cold, icy place is underrated. It's beautiful, like incredible. Everyone goes to Iceland in the summer. I'm telling you, go to Iceland in the winter. It and A, okay, so Icelandic people know how to party. Reykjavik <laughs> is heard a that. fun. And over New Year's, I went for New Year's one year, and oh my goodness, just driving the ring road, you're on the black lava beach. I mean, it's similar to that Santorini moment when you're like, your eyes can't process. Like, am I on planet Earth? Like, it's just <laughs> so, <laughs> it bubbles yes. up in a parka in Iceland. It's just so fun. It's romantic. It's everything. So, yeah, I, I like bundling up. And, and going into like winter wonderlands or, you know, I just love being at a place where you're like, am I on planet earth? And another place in Jordan, if you ever go to like Egypt, the pyramids are amazing, but Jordan Wadi Rum is the red desert and it's just bright red for all as far as you can see. And you stay in these little hotels with uh, plastic roofs. So you just look at the stars at night and you're like, but that's bananas. What do you like in the East? Like what's your favorite place to go to in that part of the world? In the East, like Asia or like the East coast of the U.S.? No, no, no. I meant East Asia. So here's a hot take and it may be unpopular, but I think Bali is overrated. I've been to Bali several times. It's packed, you know, and it's so far away. So I, you know, and I think some people, maybe I haven't done Bali right. Definitely don't stay in the crowded tourist areas. There's Ubud, which is the more spiritual foresty type of Bali. But I went to a, a resort off the coast of Bali. It's called Nihi, N-I-H-I. And it is in the middle of nowhere, but it's on a cliff. And it's just it, one best hotel in the world from Travel and Leisure several years in a row. And it is spectacular. They have what's called a spa safari where you hike for like an hour and a half through rice paddies. And then you end up on a cliff where they have all the treatment rooms. And then you just get treatments all day long. You go from massage to foot massage. And it's like, you just stay there all day. Like, okay, what do I want next? And then you don't have to hike back. They actually drive you back after your massage. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I mean, Japan, I am like count every day. I check to see if Japan's opening going to Japan for cherry blossoms. We filmed it's called TPG TV. If you just like Google the points guy, Japan, like Kyoto, we filmed such insane content, but like when the cherry blossoms burst in Japan, it's like a cultural phenomenon. They actually have a word for it, which is like the happiness that the joy of like seeing cherry blossoms and everyone's out in parks drinking plum wine and these beautiful pink petals are just blowing in the wind. Ever, I mean, it is truly unbelievable. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I've seen the pictures and if I didn't believe it, I would just think they were fake. It just doesn't seem possible. It's like a take your breath away moment. Like this is beautiful. And exactly. Yeah. They're still closed, right? Japan's still they closed. They are. Singapore's yeah. now open. Thailand's open. Indonesia. Some of the Southern Asian countries are opening. I think Japan will open up this summer. I always recommend, don't be the first person, you know, and we do at the points. I always send my writers because we, we want to be able to report. You know, when Iceland opened up, we were the first one off the flight. Hey, do they take the CDC card? Does a picture work? You know, there's this is a whole new world we're living in. So let others test it out for a while because you also don't want to be somewhere where then all of a sudden they change the rules or you're god forbid stuck in another country so are you a good one-stop shop for this information because like last summer my whole family we went to costa rica and we're seasoned travelers and for us even we were like the the way to get back in the country and there's these weird websites and what's required and different hotels or different things like I think travel right now in this sort of like still COVID world is overwhelming. How do you recommend 
people figure out this is what's needed. This is what you have to do to get out of the country. So don't be caught sleeping 72 hours for your flight leaves and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I do recommend people print it because what happens is, for example, for that test, you can bring your own e-med, you know, Binax now kit. So I recommend to everyone, never, 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 when you're trying to get back to the U.S., never test in a facility abroad. Because I know a lot of people, and for example, in Costa Rica, if you go to a government facility, you're paying $200 for a test. And if you test positive, they'll take your passport. You can't leave for like 12 days. So the trick is you don't need a PCR test. It's just an antigen test. So you can bring your own proctored version of the Binax test. You do it in your room, you know, one day before your flight and you swab yourself and you don't have to jam your brain. I, I recommend just having the rules printed with you, just, you know, double checking them, double checking with the resort or hotel when you go abroad. Hey, just, you know, the policies of leaving. I'm hopeful though. I mean, most of the world now testing is going away. It's, it's not as strict as it was, but it still can be very, very, very difficult. We're talking a lot today about how to put points to good use, but I have another little tip that can be a smart move for you and your finances. With Chime, you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit, and who doesn't want money earlier and faster? That means you have up to two more days to make some purchases or pay some bills or throw some money in savings or generally just feel good about handling your stuff. It does make a difference. But here's the thing. Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, a checking account, debit card, and an optional savings account too. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully you got your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime dot com slash for the love that's chime.com slash for the love banking services and debit card provided by the bank corp bank or stride bank na members fdic early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer what do you think are the pros and cons between like airbnb or vrbo like renting a private sort of space versus hotels you know what people need to understand with hotels now. So a hotel rates are sky high. I mean, in Miami, the average rates now like $800 a night. I mean, it's totally ridiculous. And on the same point, services are stripped back. You, you may not even get uh, right. housekeeping. It's so historically, so you know, you pay for housekeeping, you pay because you want to be able to wake up and get room service. You pay for all those amenities for a tiny box of a room. And then you're now not even getting it. You know, I will much rather rent to, if I'm not going to get housekeeping and all those amenities, why the heck am I going to pay to stay in a box? Let me rent a beautiful condo. I'm going to Uber Eats anyway. You know, that's my housekeeping, you know, my so Your room service. Yeah. You know, I think, I think more and more people are saying this hotel thing, they're so expensive and you're not getting all the perks. I think Airbnbs will continue to be, you know, more and more people will say, well, well I'd rather have the room, you know, the space than to pay to stay in a crowded hotel. Totally. Okay. I'm going to ask you, well, right when we wrap it up here. Just like rapid, top of your head. Okay. In your opinion, who has the best airline food? So domestically, JetBlue Mint is amazing. And internationally, I would say Air France. Oh, yeah. La Premier. Yeah, they've got really good food. That totally makes sense. What is your favorite hotel that you've ever stayed in? Oh, 
I love the Waldorf Astoria Maldives. I stayed in what's called their Stella Maris Villa. And it's basically like, it's not, not an overwater hut. It was like a huge villa on stilts in the middle of the Indian oh, Ocean. And it was God. like... I've been researching that right now. Maldives are so beautiful. Even when it rains there, just to read a book during a tropical rainstorm, it's like the Maldives are special. Yeah, they are. I have a tab open right this. I'm looking at it with Maldives on my laptop. Where's the best place to travel that is pet friendly? You know, actually a lot of Europe's but Paris is one of the most pet friendly destinations, but traveling with dogs these days is now, you can travel with dogs to Europe. People don't realize, but airlines, you know, every airline has its own different rules. I will say Kimpton in general, any Kimpton hotel, they are so pet friendly and I just got to give them kudos for that. And Philly's, Philly's also a really dog friendly city. Okay, perfect. Some people are not traveling without their little dog. So that matters. That is a, that's a through line for them. Is there like a quick, like down and dirty trick to be like, if you are trying to take a really cool trip on a budget, this is like the time to look like, this is a time of year to travel. That's surprising or weird, but you can get a killer trip that would be more expensive later. Yeah. I mean, well, timing's everything. You know, if you go to Europe in the summer, you're going to pay through the nose. I love the shoulder seasons, you know, going in the fall to Europe where, I like 60s, you know, I don't want to be 89 degrees looking at all the sites in Rome. Like, so, and I think the biggest thing about getting a deal is use Google flights. It's free. And what Google flights lets you do, it pulls in most airlines, but you switch your dates one or two days and you can see it drop dramatically. And you can also see on the bar, is this typically low or high price? And when you find amazing deals, book it because most airlines will let you cancel within a day. So don't call all your friends and try to herd the cats on taking the trip. <laughs> Book the flight and then take 24 <laughs> hours to double check you can do it. You know, Book now, think later. That's a great That's point. Advice. Oh my gosh. And our friend group, one of us is the primary booker and she has long since learned. She's got our credit card numbers. She has all of our birth dates, our middle names, our driver's license. Like just pull the trigger and like, tell us about it later. Who do you love to travel with the most? Oh, I have a best friend, John. He is like, I call him my sister. Like we're like such best. We don't fight. We have hysterical laughter all the time. It's like, we always just joke. We always meet the most crazy people and have the most (laughs) zany experiences. But I will also, a quick runner up is my parents. I love, we haven't traveled since the pandemic, but we've taken some amazing trips and it's kind of fun to like now when roles reverse and it's like, they're following me in the airport. Brian, where do we go? You know, it's like, it's, I just love being able to, to show, you know, see the world through their eyes now. Super fun. I grew up also super middle-class. We didn't do a lot of travel. We couldn't afford it. And so, yeah, traveling with my parents as grownups is the most fun thing. They were the ones we took to Costa Rica for their 50th anniversary. And I'm like, dad, just follow me. Like, just <laughs> yeah, exactly. follow me. Like, just, he's <laughs> like, I don't want any of it. Okay. Final question. Actually, I ask everybody this question in every single series ever. Please answer this however you want. Some people answer it like tender and sweet. And some people are like, have an insane thing to say. What's saving your life right now? Oh, for sure. One of the most amazing things I picked up during the pandemic, I started riding horses. I started as a 37 year old. I'm six foot seven, never ridden a horse, but (laughs) my nieces and nephews were doing it. And one day I said, Hey, can I try this? And they were like, get up on there. So I'm learning like English riding, dressage, like jumping. It's been almost two years now. And I actually now own a horse farm. And now I'm also into animal rescue. So I actually just, I've got three llamas, a goose, 
12 chickens, four horses. I rescued a mini horse named Ginger Spice that was abused her whole life. She's just beautiful. So when I'm on my farm, Ginger Spice Kelly is a phenomenon. At Carbon Ridge is my farm's name. So we upload. So yeah, being around animals and like, it's funny because I travel so much, but like I have the most ultimate like sanctuary that I'm always now like, why do I ever leave this? You know, but that's, what's nice about it. It's like, I leave it and I come home and I'm like, Oh God, this is, but just being around animals, you know, that's what keeps me alive and just like reinvigorated. I like how you do. You just kind of go all in on your thing. Like go whatever that home. is. Yeah. yeah you for, just for are like here for it. <laughs> yes. Like I like got on a horse and now I have a horse farm. Like, oh, <laughs> that makes sense. That's the natural progression to any normal path. Yeah. Okay. That's so fantastic. So promise you a hundred percent people are listening to this episode and they're already on, they're Googling, they're down, they're trying to, where can they find you in all the places? So at the points guys, our brand account, you know, on every social channel, the And then I'm at Brian Kelly on Instagram. So that's all of my personal travels. I do travel hacks and tips and I, and I will ginger take spice. You, do we get some ginger spice? Uh, you get some ginger spice, but also at carbon Ridge is the, farm account where you get you will be so obsessed with ginger spice kelly like people actually come up to me on the streets of new york and are like how's ginger spice like she has so much personality so you next time you're in new york or philly you're gonna have to come to carbon ridge it's an amazing place it sounds amazing thank you for being on today thank you for all these great tips it's so fun what you do for people i mean you are literally handing people the tools to create so many memories, so many experiences that they might not otherwise have had. And in my, in my opinion, traveling and just exposure to this like beautiful, gorgeous, magical world, I cannot find its equal. So your work is so fun. You make everybody happy. Like everybody's happy about you. It's cool. I have to say when I walked through an airport, like people will just come up to me and high five and be like, I took my family to Hawaii, you know? And it's like, it's a cool feeling to be able to have this role and pushing people to take these experiences that, that I do believe people become better people, the more of a worldview they have. And you realize that like other people are not scary. They're actually amazing, you know? So, and we all want the same things, you know, humans, when you travel across the globe, we all want a good meal and a good night. You want sleep. your family <laughs> around you. You yeah. want your neighbors. Security, you want, yeah. yeah. No, it is, we're not that we're not different. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This was amazing. Today. Thanks for I'm having so me. I'm so happy to meet you. Yeah. Absolutely. Have a great week. Likewise. Take care. Okay, you guys. I am inspired. <laughs> Ugh. I think we just want to like run run to all my like rewards programs and see what do I have and what am I not using and what are the deals and listen you're not alone so go to Brian stuff go to the point guys everywhere it's how to get started it's where to look it's daily deals they've done the work like he's done the work for you so is it possible to go to cool places simply on the points by using your cards for ordinary things like groceries and gas and bills it sure is If you go to jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab, I'll have this whole episode. I'll have the show notes. And then of course, I will have links to everything Brian Kelly related, everything the points guy related. So you can find it all right there. Anyway, can't wait to hear where you're going. Can't wait to hear what you're planning. Nothing 
thrills me more than travel. So I'm so happy to introduce him to you if you didn't know him already. Thanks you guys for listening. The series is fun, right? I'm so enjoying it. I feel like we needed some levity. We needed some joy. We needed some happiness. We needed some dreams come true. Like I'm just enjoying it so very much. Don't miss next week. We have more to come and bring it all. Your innovation, your dreams, your creativity, your craftsmanship. This is your series, you guys. All right. Amanda and I, Laura and her team, we love you and we'll see you next week. 